listening to the podcast 82488. Yet, from the time we first met, he has treated me as an equal, insisting, for example, that I be given equal say and equal credit when we co-authored a paper. I admired that generous characteristic. And that was a selection from today's novel. Think big, unleashing your potential for excellence. By author and medical doctor Ben Carson with Cecil Murphy. Page 8, Table of Contents. Page 18, in lieu of page 8. Mother wasn't going to let me play with my friends, and there would be no more television. Almost none, anyway. She was stopping me from having any fun in life. And that isn't all, she said. Come back, Penny. I turned around, wondering what else there could be. In addition, she said, to doing your homework, you have to read two books from the library each week. Every single week. Two books. Two. Even though I was in fifth grade, I had never read a whole book in my life. Yes, two. When you finish reading them, you must write me a book report, just like you do at school. You're not living up to your potential, so I'm going to see that you do. Usually, Curtis, who was two years older, was the more rebellious. But this time, he seemed to grasp the wisdom of what Mother said. He did not say one word. She stared at Curtis. You understand? He nodded. Benny, is it clear? Yes, Mother. I agreed to do what Mother told me. It wouldn't have occurred to me not to obey. But I did not like it. Mother was being unfair and demanding more of us than other parents did. The following day was Thursday. After school, Curtis and I walked to the local branch of the library. I did not like it much, but then I had not spent that much time in any library. We both wandered around a little in the children's section, not having any idea about how to select books or which books we wanted to check out. Page 24 Laughed at me when I did not know anything. Now they hated me because I acted as if I knew everything. Until that moment, because knowledge was new and wonderful and exciting, I thought everybody wanted to hear about everything new that I learned. I had not realized how overbearing I had become. My classmates' cutting words made me aware of how wrong I had been. The remark did not cure me, but it did force me to admit that I needed to change my attitude. And I did, slowly. Unfortunately, it took a few more experiences.
audiences before the message really got through. Once I became known as Ben Carson, the brightest student in his class, I spouted off answers at every opportunity. More than just answers, when any subject came up, I started telling an individual or a group more than anybody ever wanted to know about the topic. As I later realized, part of the issue involved getting back at those who had laughed at me in fifth grade. They had called me stupid and dumb, but I kept proving again and again that they were wrong. By then they were convinced, but I kept on. It was immature of me and mistaken, but that's what I did anyway. The boy who never got any answers right on a test in math had totally reversed everything by the time he took advanced algebra. We had a midterm test and the teacher added two extra credit questions. When she passed back the exams, I saw that one of the smartest boys in the class had made a 91. After class, I went up to him and asked, Hi, what did you make on the test? I made a 91. Momentarily, I waited for him to ask, What did you get? When he did not ask, I volunteered. I got 110, everything right, and the two bonus questions too. Page 88. Sometimes I think of Mike as a bulldog. When he seizes an idea, he holds on and stays with it to completion. He also completes his work fairly quickly. One of the qualities that accounts for his becoming the dean of Hopkins Medical School while only in his 40s, an incredible accomplishment because it is almost unheard of for a surgeon to become a dean of a prestigious medical school. Traditionally, deans are selected for medicine or psychiatry, and non-surgical doctors usually outnumber surgical doctors at major medical centers. In a relatively short lifespan, Mike Johns has already left a long string of accomplishments behind him. He is certainly one of the people whom I would like to emulate. Within days after our first conversation, I started going in to observe his skull-based surgeries. He's good, really good. I recall thinking as I watched his graceful movements. It wasn't long before I picked up his techniques and felt comfortable using his methods. After that, I started doing anterior cranial-based surgery for all the otolaryngologists. In another couple of years, it became a big part of my specialty. Mike was a professor and chairman while I was a lowly junior faculty member. Yet, from the time we first met, he has treated me as an equal, insisting, for example, that I be given equal say and equal credit when we co-authored a paper. I admired that generous characteristic. Only later on did I learn that he, too, had grown up in Detroit, the product of an immigrant family from Lebanon. 
Mike grew up in poor circumstances, went to college on his own, and worked his way through medical school at the University of Michigan, just as I had done a few years later. Above all, he is a highly innovative fellow. The end. Think Big by Ben Carson with Cecil Murphy. Eight, two, four, the word eighty.